Hi, you're listening to the Duty of Care podcast, a podcast produced by the Faculty of Architecture and the Built Environment of the Delft University of Technology. This podcast is sponsored by the Delft Design for Values platform, the TU Delft platform discussing values for engineering and design. I'm Roberto Rocco, Associate Professor of Spatial Planning and Strategy at the Delft University of Technology. In 2019, the European Union launched its European Green Deal, aiming to make Europe carbon neutral by 2050. We all know the transition to a carbon neutral economy is urgent, but will it be fair? Past transitions have always produced winners and losers, with the losing groups often facing unemployment and poverty, with dire consequences for social cohesion and social justice. Think of the deindustrialization in the north of England in the 80s, for example, and the current deindustrialization of Appalachia in the United States, which, among many other factors, has fueled the rise of populism in that country, with dire consequences for the future of democracy. In the case of climate change and the urgent transition to sustainability, not having a transition will make us all losers. But this does not mean we should not try to avoid or minimize the negative impacts of the transition on vulnerable groups. It's all about the fair distribution of the benefits, but also the burdens of our human association. Therefore, an essential dimension of the European Green Deal is the concept of just transition. That is, a transition to a carbon-neutral economy that is fair and inclusive to all, leaving no one behind. Sustainable, fair and inclusive urbanization plays a key role in this endeavor. With those ideas in mind, we organized a series of online events and courses that address planning and designing cities and communities for the just transition. By bringing together expertise from spatial planning, urban sustainability and resilience, resilience engineering, ethics of resilience, and multi-actor systems. We want to discuss the values in social technical transitions and urbanization, namely issues connected to distributive, procedural, and restorative spatial justice, as well as citizen participation, democracy, and sustainability, understood in its three essential dimensions, social, economic, and environmental sustainability. In doing so, we wish to address the interactions between design and values with an emphasis on operationalizing spatial justice through inclusive vision-making and by using societal conflicts stemming from the transition as springboards to dialogue. So, we came up with the idea of this podcast we wish to discuss and exchange ideas with academics, practitioners, and students of the built environment to plan and design for the just transition with a robust understanding of the entanglement between spatial justice and sustainability. In the last episode, Professor Romola Sanyao from the London School of Economics explored how the act of building itself is a form of politics and how it challenges efforts by humanitarian organizations and host governments to marginalize and depoliticize refugees. My name is Hugo Lopez and I am producer and assistant to the podcast. Today, we'll listen to our host, Roberto Rocco, explaining why this blog is titled Duty of Care.
Roberto Rocco is the initiator and host of this podcast, and also an associate professor of spatial planning and strategy at Balkonder. Roberto is trained as an architect and spatial planner, with a master's in planning by the University of São Paulo and a PhD by TU Delft. Roberto specializes on governance for the built environment and social sustainability, as well as issues of governance in regional planning and design. This includes issues of spatial justice as a crucial dimension of sustainability transitions. He has also published extensively about informal urbanization in the Global South, and he does research on how informal institutions influence and shape planning at the local level. He is a consultant for the Union for the Mediterranean and has recently drafted the UFM Action Plan for Sustainable Urbanization 2040. Without further ado, let's listen to Roberto Rocco. Social justice is undoubtedly one of the greatest challenges of our times, as rampant inequality erodes the fabric of our societies everywhere, undermining trust in governments and institutions, leading to violence and extremism, and eating at the very core of democracy. Growing inequality is a threat to the sustainability of our cities, especially when sustainability is understood in its three fundamental dimensions social, economic, and environmental. Social sustainability is underexplored in sustainability studies, and the absence of this dimension in most sustainability study programs means there is an enormous gap to be filled. Social justice plays an important role in spatial planning. Moral and political philosopher Alastair McIntyre argues that a practice is defined by the goods internal and necessary for the successful realization of that practice. In the case of planning, we posit that justice is a definitive internal good that allows planning to achieve its standards of excellence, without which it's meaningless. In other words, we argue that justice is an essential component of planning, without which it cannot be publicly justified or sustained. Sustainability can be considered another definitive good in planning. Among other things, this means spatial planning must engage with two converging yet distinct social movements, sustainability and social justice, to continue to be relevant, in the words of Scott Campbell. The European Union has made big steps in this direction in its European Green Deal, published in 2019, taking up the notion of just transition as a core tenet in policymaking for sustainability. Justice underscores social sustainability because it helps boost the legitimacy of institutions. It also helps increase support for, compliance with, and suitability of policy. Moral and political theorist John Rawls explains this connection by reminding us that truth concerns validation, while justice determines acceptability, what is acceptable or not. Justice is in fact inscribed in the very notion of sustainability. In the seminal 1987 report, Our Common Future, also known as the Brundtland Report, we learn that sustainable development is development that meets the needs of the present, 
without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. The same report advances the idea that even a narrow notion of physical sustainability implies a concern for equity between generations, a concern that must be logically extended to equity within each generation. This means that the concept of intergenerational justice, justice between our generation and future generations, has a logical extension to the idea of intragenerational justice, that is, justice in this generation, here and now. And indeed, it seems implausible to imagine a world in which we are worried about future generations while disregarding the needs of the current generation, by which I mean, of course, a broad concern for the welfare of all human beings, independently of their nationality, gender, race, sexual orientation or creed. This concern might, in the view of many, be extended to the well-being of all living beings and of the planet Earth, especially when the planet is conceived as a system in which, in the words of P.J. Boston, all existing biological systems behave as a huge single entity with closely controlled self-regulatory negative feedback loops that keep the conditions on the planet within boundaries that are favorable to life. This is known as the Gaia hypothesis. For Indian economist and philosopher Amartya Sen, there is a special case to be made for the preservation of the environment beyond the satisfaction of our needs and the preservation of our living standards. Sen appeals to the responsibility we have towards other species due to our incommensurable power in relation to the planet and all living beings. This is our duty of care towards the planet, like the duty of care that befalls any adult in relation to a small child. In Sen's example, the adult is so much more powerful and stronger than the small child that a duty of care automatically ensues, as an adult may not allow a child to come to harm through action or inaction. Likewise, Humankind as a powerful presence on planet Earth has a duty of care towards the planet and its biological systems. This speaks to the case for the rights of nature, by which we can imagine jurisprudence that describes intrinsic rights of ecosystems and living beings, similar to the concept of fundamental human rights. In human rights theory, rights emanate from humanity's existence, that is, Every human being has fundamental rights just because they exist, independently of their country of origin, race, gender, age, and other characteristics. In this perspective, babies do not have fewer human rights than adults just because they cannot communicate with us with words or write petitions. Babies are born with the full set of human rights for the mere fact that they exist as living sentient beings. In this sense, All living beings should have fundamental rights because they exist, are alive, may experience pain, and are an integral part of the complex system of life on this planet. Talking about the rights of nature is difficult, because justice is a human invention. Justice allows us to keep interacting with each other in complex societies. It does not exist in nature. Nonetheless, 
it is clear that we must extend the notion of rights and justice to the natural world if we wish to keep interacting with it, lest a purely predatory interaction will lead to our mutual destruction. Epstein and Schalkens recognize a jurisprudence trend towards recognizing the rights of nature and argue that explicit or not, nature as protected by the European Union law already has certain legal rights in the Hofheldian sense because other entities have legal obligations towards it. For Sen, by extending rights to nature, we are in fact extending our own freedoms, including the freedom to meet our own needs. He calls it sustainable freedom, the preservation and expansion, where possible, of the substantive freedoms and capabilities of people today, without compromising the freedoms and capabilities of people in the future. But the emphasis on our own human needs, which is ubiquitous in sustainability science, can also be challenged. For Sen, people have needs, but they also have values, conscience, rationality, freedom, ethics, moral feelings and codes, which determine how societies are organized. Most importantly, There's power, often expressed as economic or political power, which makes our relationships with each other and with nature unbalanced. This lecture was originally recorded for the Manifesto for the Just City workshop, organized in partnership with several schools, the Institute of Housing and Urban Development Studies of the Erasmus University in Rotterdam, the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, the Winston-Salem State University in North Carolina, and a number of universities who took up this exercise as a class exercise, notably Morgan University in Baltimore and the Cape Peninsula University in Cape Town, South Africa. This event was organized by me, Caroline Newton, also from TU Delft, Hugo Lopez, Professor Russell Smith from Winston-Salem University, Carolina Luneta from IHS in Rotterdam, and Professor Faranak Miraftab from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. This podcast is produced by Roberto Rocco and Hugo Lopez. Music by Hugo Lopez and Pablo Teixeira. Sound edition by Hugo Lopez. The Duty of Care podcast is sponsored by the Delft Design for Values Institute, the portal for Design for Values research, education outreach, and co-creation at Delft University of Technology, advancing knowledge, methods, and best practices in the area of Design for Values. The Duty of Care podcast is sponsored by the Delft Design for Values Institute, the portal for Design for Values research, education, outreach and co-creation at Delft University of Technology, advancing knowledge, methods and best practices in the area of Design for Values. If you're listening to this podcast on Apple Music, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and if you want to learn more about spatial justice and our duty of care towards the planet and each other, Don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.